0: Everybody, and thanks for tuning in to the Effort of Community Church weekly podcast. A conversation with our pastors and leaders meant to continue encouraging you to know God, no freedom, no purpose, and make a difference.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. Hope you're having great day and a great week. Of course, you're joining us here on our weekly podcast. And with me, of course, I have Josh Vanderblade, our worship pastor. Great to be with you. Uh, We're just going to take a moment and talk a little bit about this past weekend message, but then also part of what we're doing is looking forward to this coming weekend, and we'll get to that in just a moment. We're
0: really just in the beginning of our foundation series right now, yeah, which uh, you would have kicked off, and then Mm. we had a special guest this weekend, Dr. David Garrison.
1: Yeah, it's... uh I feel like we're not building quite enough foundations in this time leading up to Easter, but I will say that we're going to return to that next fall with some more things additionally as well. So yep. it was encouraging to have Dr. Garrison with us. Of course, we had him for our weekend messages, but yeah. he was also there for a couple of HarvestNet events, and there was a lot of material shared um, in both the HarvestNet meetings as well as the Effort of Community Church meetings mm-hmm. as well. Yep. Of course, coming out of Acts chapter 1, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Jalea, the Samaria, and the remotest parts of the earth. And I, I oftentimes refer to that as almost kind of like the the last instructions. Mm-hmm. Now, with kids that are the ages of your kids, yeah. if you and Yolanda are going away, yeah. you know, there's probably a list of here's phone numbers, here's that's where right. we're going to be. Got to know and these then, things. Yep. As you're walking out the door, you kind of shout back and don't forget. Don't
0: forget. And you, you list it out pretty explicitly because that's yep. the last thing you want them to remember. Utmost importance, don't forget these things.
1: Yep. yep. And so I look at that with uh, Jesus. I mean, here in this moment, it's recorded in Acts 1 and also in the Matthew 28. There is that I am leaving right now. It's like right in that moment of ascending to heaven. And he says, it's almost like, hey, don't forget this part, that's right. uh, which is so critical because it's almost as though he highlighted that because he knew possibly, you know, he, the tendency that we have of just simply saying, okay, we're taking care of ourselves yeah. and we're good. So that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, and we it's interesting. Our kids were like reading through Acts right now, and there's a fascination for sure about the early church and what did motivate their hearts. Mm-hmm. And you you kind of have to wonder how easy it would have been. Like, wow, we just had this cool experience, yeah, and that that experience would be the only motivation, then just like perpetually have it. And yet, you're right; there was a, a clear command. Uh, let's not get like detoured or distracted by the nice experience you're having now. Yeah, there's actually a mission
1: ahead. Yep, and what's interesting about the Book of Acts is they even had persecution. So their friends and family didn't yeah. like them. They were tossed out. They were somewhat excommunicated possibly from some from some Jewish heritage. And so they'd have had every excuse to simply say, hey, sure. it's just us. We're believing in Jesus. And it could have actually stopped in that very first generation. I would have been
0: more comfortable just to say, hey, can we just get our group together that understands this already and kind of just hunker down and enjoy it? Um, because I, I do think it'd be easy to, yeah. to get consumed by the fear. Um, and yet, obviously, the brilliant part of Acts is, they were so full of the power of the Holy Spirit that whatever God breathed, mm-hmm. um, as far as motivation, they were empowered immediately to do it. And yep. you hear that from Peter's words and his actions being filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're like, wait, who is this guy again? He's not the timid <laughs> yeah. one. He's not the fearful one. Yeah, for sure. He, he heard the missional call that <clears throat> Jesus gave. And now with the Holy Spirit on him, yeah, pff, it's full steam ahead. Yeah,
1: Yeah, there was a lot of interesting things about this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly was the paradigm shift to you know, to the remotest parts of the earth. And so what he focused on was that here in central Pennsylvania, the remotest parts of the earth are actually coming to us. Yeah. The people groups from around the world.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a great question that he asked when he said like today in this day, where are those remotest parts? And yep. con- comparing that to 2,000 years ago, when it was more um, as much about geography and and population diversity, and then saying that today it's more about um, those people groups, yep. those ethnic groups that actually could be right here, um, but they still fall into that category. So I thought it was a brilliant way to ask that question.
1: Yeah. And what's interesting is that uh, people that are different from us, us oftentimes create suspicion, mm-hmm. and it creates a barrier. Yeah. And And many people are concerned, even about the United States in general, like, well, these immigrants are actually changing our culture, which that's probably true. Doesn't mean it's actually changing in a negative way. Sure. But then also the opportunity that we have, um, and who'd have thought that Lancaster County, Ledman right. County, Berks County, Reading, would be so diverse? I mean, that's who would right. ever have no, thought that? Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. that's what's happening.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I do think that, I think it's a curious question to ask, what is it that produces the initial suspicion in us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is it just a, a fear of losing something as opposed to like the joy of being able to gain something from that right. culture? I don't know what causes that, but I know I am prone to it like, oh, like that's just so different. And, you know, David really pushed us to consider everything beyond our walls, beyond our spheres of what is normal, if that's the right word to use and to consider even the blessing of God sending, you know, all nations here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So do you guys ever spend time in New York city?
0: Uh, No. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. It is.
1: I mean, actually for Stephanie and I, it's one of those places that we enjoy visiting. Yeah. And it is interesting that, uh, I mean, when he said all the people groups of the world are in one city. That is amazing. And that's that's true, of course, of Philadelphia. To some degree, it's true of Lancaster, Lebanon, and Reading. Yeah. Um, but in New York City, that significance of, mm-hmm. of those groups all gathered together. So Steph and I, when we've been there, we've wandered into some areas sure. where there's, like, no English around yeah. and so forth. And we've eaten some very unusual things there. Yep. Uh, but I have never really seen those as specific like mission yeah. opportunities that are there as well. Right?
0: No, we we haven't ventured there much. I guess I'm I am in this cloistered little Lancaster County bubble. <laughs> yeah. I suppose you know. Yeah. But I also know that part of that's because what I'm fed mostly, as far as media or outlets of information, still show the pretty. Um, a comfortable picture of the New York City high life, perhaps, yeah, rather than yeah. the, the diversity that actually does exist there. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that picture. And so David was trying to help bring clarity around what actually does exist that probably I've never really considered.
1: Yeah, and David would have brought. I, he he personally specializes in ministry to Islam mm-hmm. and those that are worshiping yeah. in that way. And so he kind of leaned that way a little bit. I had to do some study in uh, in Islam also for my degree, and really uh, I went into it with some barriers up um, and actually came out of it a little bit different, understanding that, wow, we actually have some similarities. Now, when we say that, we are not saying that those that worship uh, God through Islam are saved. That's actually not incorrect. But I was surprised to hear Mm -hmm. how um, they're actually instructed as um, Muslims to study Jesus to know Jesus, to study the Gospels, and specifically the Psalms as well. Mm -hmm. And all those become connecting points. And one of the things in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 17, which David referred to this past weekend, um, prior to the passage that he specifically studied, uh, the apostle Paul is in Athens and he he looks at all these things that mm-hmm. could have actually been things that would push him away or reject yeah, or reject people. And he looked for a bridge and yeah. said, Oh, I'm gonna tell you about this God that you don't know.
0: Yeah. So what Kevin, why why is it so difficult for me to want to build bridges? And why is it easier for me to want to run away from that and kind of reject it? Because that's just okay, my propensity is that feels difficult. It feels awkward. I'm not sure I'm equipped. It's uncomfortable. Like yeah. I can make all the excuses. Yeah. Um, but maybe <clears throat> from your perspective, even having gone through that course what is that biggest obstacle, and how can I overcome that?
1: It's the unknown, yeah. And it's the it's the unknown and suspicion, probably to some degree, which is fed by media. Mm-hmm. I think there's something in us that you know, we have to purposely push past to find people that are different and actually yeah. bridge those gaps. But then also, we live in a world in which there have been very horrible things that have occurred. Sure. So, but those things are amplified, and and, and they are real. I don't diminish yeah. those and and their wrongness in any way. Mm-hmm. But most people aren't there. and so But we also see people through the grid of our experience. Right. yeah. And so for me, in one case, um, through that course, to visit a mosque, mm-hmm. uh, to have a meal with their leaders and uh, with, the, with their um, cleric as well, yeah. and actually even to observe, not necessarily participate, yeah. but to observe their evening prayers, mm-hmm. and to ask them questions about, hey, what was your experience with the Hajj, which is the pilgrimage to Mecca? Sure. What was that like? I mean, tell me what that experience was like and why was that important to you and why do you feel like you need to do that? And, and, um, and it's interesting to really just, okay, let me hear, let me hear mm-hmm. your perspective. Um, and then to think about, okay, what, what can I add? So I feel like if I ask some questions first, then oftentimes a person will reciprocate. They yes. well, tell me about Jesus yes. and tell me about like, what does it mean to be, yeah. have your sins forgiven? mm mm-hmm.
0: And that's obviously those questions are true for any people group, Mm -hmm. which is an easy way to begin engaging. I was thinking of some conversations that my son has been having with someone recently as well, where, um, you know, the questions just provoke a curiosity of now, wait, what did you just say? And why do you believe that? Um, and you're right when the invitation is extended it immediately builds a bridge rather than coming at like, Hey, I got something to prove to you. Do you want want to hear about it? But rather saying, I'd love to know why it is. What's the why behind your what?
1: Yep. Well, interestingly, we're going to follow up with this, our time with David. Um, so Ramadan begins shortly after Easter. And that's a time when um, the Muslim world sets aside a time of season of prayer and fasting. They pr- they fast all during daylight hours. And their prayer is, God, would you reveal yourself to me? Yeah. Now, when they pray that prayer, they're expecting, they have a certain paradigm and expectation yeah, sure. with that. Yeah, but I'm going to be inviting all of us to join with them in that prayer in Jesus' name. That's right. Uh, so that they would actually reveal, they would actually connect with God through Jesus Christ. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And
0: that's no different than when we pray the apostolic prayers in Ephesians of God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation yep. in the knowledge of your will. That the eyes of my understanding would be yeah. enlightened. We're praying the same prayer, but we're doing it through that desire that Jesus would reveal himself
1: to us. Yep. And one of the things that David didn't get a chance to talk about too much in our weekend services, but he did share on Friday night at HarvestNet, Mm -hmm. was the significant move of the Lord that's happening currently in Islam, where literally thousands and thousands of people are converting from Islam to Mm -hmm. Christianity. I mean, Jesus is just revealing himself, and it's really encouraging. Um, There's more people converted to Jesus, to Christianity from Islam Mm -hmm. in the past 20 years and basically in the entire history of wow. Islam before that. It's that is, absolutely that amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. <laughs> so we want to join with God in what he's doing. Yeah, that's exciting. But this coming weekend, uh, we are stepping back into uh our unbreakable series. Yep. And uh who's preaching this weekend?
0: JV is preaching. I'm <laughs> preaching this weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I uh am really excited to preach on the foundation of worship. Yeah. And you know, at at ECC, we have such an incredible culture of worship that, again, um, that Mark Ulrich has helped to um, both nurture and sustain for the last 43, 44 years. And so when you come into uh, an ECC weekend, you're going to get to um, encounter the Lord through a really precious, um, diverse culture, both in age and demographics mm-hmm. and in musical expression as well. Yep. And so, but this week, we're going to talk a little about some of the foundational elements of that. Um, some of the why behind the what. Um, because, Kevin, you will often um, remind us of the Ecclesiastes 311 passage, which is that, you know, the Lord has set eternity in our hearts. Yes, he means has. Yep. Every created uh, being, <laughs> every, you know, human on the earth already has um, a longing and we all are already expressing a type of worship. Yep. <laughs> Every day, which is uh, really just an ascribing, right? We're just ascribing worth to an object of affection. Yeah, That's a simple definition. But since everybody's already doing it, like we kind of want to know what does that look like as a Christ follower? Yeah. And what are some of the, um, the ways we express that? So we'll talk a little bit about that. Why? We'll even talk a little bit about some of the expressions that can be a part of worship, which is the more subjective part of it, right? Right, right. And that there's clear like biblical patterns and clear biblical examples of that. Yeah. And yet you're still you mm-hmm. and I'm still me. And um you're joining us online and some of us are at home and some of us are, you know, here um on yeah. campus. And so the way we express that can be so diverse. And you come together and say, Well, is there a right or a wrong way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a tough question to talk about um in, in some places because it's easy to say, Well, the way I do it equals fill in the blank, more yeah. passion. Yep. Um, more fervent desire, more like unashamed adoration of Jesus, all those things. So I think my hope is we can demystify some of those things as well. And then I, I will also talk a little about how both the head and the heart. Yeah are pretty crucial to authentic worship. And I know it's easy to kind of leverage one or the other. In some circles, it's like it's about the revelation of the people. It's about the passion, and I think it's about both.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I would say, both for you as well as for all uh, the members of our worship team, and there's 51 people that serve on worship teams, and then another 50 or more Mm -hmm. in the AVL, which is all part of that experience. It is. Uh, it's amazing for me because I have little to no musical ability <laughs> to be able to watch people, uh, whether it's you playing a guitar or keyboard, sure. or someone playing a keyboard or the drums or whatever yeah. that is, other instruments and the singing with that. And there's so much actually happening on the platform at the it's same tons. time where yeah. you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit. So there's a level of planning that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's some songs that we feel led that we're going we're gonna lead yeah. into this, but we keep that song wit- list somewhat. Um, Yeah, not set in stone. It's in sand, kind of. Like, okay, we'll highlight this song Mm -hmm. or not this song. And then there's the musical ability that almost needs to be done so well that you don't even need to think about it. That's right. That way you can focus on, you're not really thinking about playing guitar, you're actually thinking about worship and leading people, and the guitar is just second nature. That's right. It's just part of you.
0: I would say that set list, some people ask, like, do you really plan that and program it? And each leader does it a little bit differently. For me, those songs are kind of suspended in zero gravity almost, where, like, Holy Spirit anytime can just kind of, Turn them around, shift them around, move them around, and I often use the expression that every river needs a riverbed. Yeah, so we've created the riverbed, and then we want the Holy Spirit to lead us. And sometimes the river overflows its banks (laughs) and goes wherever it wills, and yet we come to it. And um, yeah, you're right. Like there's the need for the musicians and the singers. To have so invested personally yeah. that you can actually listen to Holy Spirit, because it is really hard if you're like, <laughs> now wait, what is this chord or what is this next you know transition? And um, so the teams, you know, just so you know, they invest so much they time and energy time. Um, to be able to create that place of of encounter. And um, it would have been recently, you know, I was at another fellowship. And, um, I, I left that time, I think I came and said to you, it's always good to just step out and be a part of other, um, church families for a number of reasons yeah. to see diversity of expression, but it also really helped me value who we are coming back into this house. and be like, Oh, I just love our house. I love our people. I love the diversity of expression. I love the, um, Almost the ease of which we've um, been able to come together mm-hmm. and give praise to the Lord in this way, and yep. so I'm just so grateful for again the team members, for the leaders here that have helped to create that safe space.
1: Yeah, thanks very
0: much. I'm really looking yeah, forward to it. Me too. There's even there's even a secret video to be shared this weekend. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that always
1: alarms me. Uh,
0: but in this case, <laughs> it, in this case, it is of of only one one leader. Okay, and only one leader will be embarrassed, and that leader will be. Me. Okay. Okay. It's a flashback to the nineties. So you won't want to miss that high quality VHS recording coming your way. Wow. They
1: still exist.
0: They do. It took a little bit of effort to find a way to display it. (laughs) That's right. We don't have any, any tool for that around here anymore. If I can't stream it from my iPhone, I don't know what to do. So that'll be part of the weekend as well.
1: Look forward to it. Hey, a couple things as we close here, just to remind you of, uh, first of all, I would encourage you to pray for us. Actually, um, This is being broadcast on Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, our elder team has set aside two full days of planning and prayer and um, and and even ministry time. And so it's very, very significant. It's a significant time for us every single year. And so I'd encourage you to pray for us, especially Thursday and Friday. Uh, It's going to be a great time. And I know it's going to be a great time because we have like a 15-year history of doing this on a consistent basis, and God consistently meets us. That's amazing. The other thing I'll just simply remind you of— On April the 2nd, which is Friday evening, we're going to have a Good Friday service, 7 o'clock. It's going to be communion. Mm -hmm. You're welcome to be here in in the room for a very special time. If you can't be in the room, set aside that time to join us live. If you're going to join us live, be prepared for communion together. Mm -hmm. So just do that. Be prepared for that in the house. And then that service comes to a close on Friday evening. It's going to close with the reality that Jesus was crucified, uh, which is not a happy, clappy thing. You know, it's just the reality. And we just need to sit in that for a little bit. And yeah. then as we enter into our weekend services of Saturday night and Sunday morning, it's actually going to begin the way that service came to a close. But yeah. man, we are going to celebrate the resurrection. We're looking forward to it. I'd encourage you to invite people. Yeah, absolutely. Both even if they want to come on Friday evening or invite people to your house to enjoy that together, but then especially on Sunday morning for Easter mm-hmm. weekend. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Could look forward time. to that. Yep, it's mm-hmm. going to be a great time. Hey, thanks for joining us. Thanks, JV, for My being pleasure. a part of it. Look forward yeah. to this coming weekend. So do I.
0: Hey, thanks again for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged by listening and that you'll join us again next week. You can listen to previous episodes, find additional resources, and of course, learn more about us by visiting effort at Community you.